Our scripture today is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It is one sentence, one command, but it is one very relevant message for the me, I, myself, first world in which we live. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. And while you're turning there, congratulations to the Lutz family, especially Oliver and Hazel. I know you're doing hard work there to help your parents out. We're proud of you all. We're grateful for that family, and we're blessed to have other Lutz and Mrs. Lutz here with us as well. So thank you for being here. Always good to see you. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, one sentence, one command, one very relevant directive for us. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is, as I said, a command from God. It is written in the Greek imperative, which means that it is a directive. It is God saying, this is something I expect of you to do. We could say it is an absolute. We could say it is a fundamental thing that, that, that God charges us as Christians, all of us, to practice, to bear one another's burdens. To bear a burden means to, in some form or fashion, provide relief for the stresses of others around us in that you take some of that stress off of them, that burden off of them, and place it upon yourself. That last line is, I think, the line that, that, that trips us up some. There are some of us, probably almost all of us, that are willing to help someone else with their stresses to the point at which their stresses don't become our stresses to the point at which their inconveniences don't become in some way our inconveniences. We'll use the illustration for a moment of money. If you have a hundred extra dollars, if you had a hundred extra dollars and, and someone else needed, and you knew that they needed that hundred extra dollars and, and giving that hundred extra dollars to them would in no way prevent you from having anything or for paying any bills that you need to pay or, or getting anything that you wanted, a lot of us, and again, I would dare say that most of us would give that hundred dollars to someone else in need. That folk is not living in actual accordance to this command, in obedience to this command. That is being kind, which the Lord also directs us to do. That is being generous, which the Lord also directs us to do. But that is not actually bearing the burden of another. A burden bearer is a person who sees another in need that needs that hundred dollars and gives them the hundred dollars, even though it means they won't be able to get something maybe they want or they desire. Maybe it'll mean that they don't get to have Sunday ticket for this year, or they will not be able to go to their favorite coffee shop for a while because they gave that money away. Tim Keller illustrates it in this way and says this about it. If when you give, you never give except when it doesn't burden you, you are not bearing anyone's 
burdens. There's a guy walking along and he's carrying a a hundred pound log. How do you help him bear his burden? What do you say to him? You say, let me help you with that. Let's shift the weight of the log. You take 80 pounds and I'll take 20 or, or you take 60 pounds and I'll take 40 or maybe I'll take 70 pounds and you take 30. You're not bearing someone's burden unless some of the weight has shifted to you so that you're feeling some of the same stress and pressure that that person is going through. Burden bearing, in other words, is more than just a good deed here and there. It is a command for a way of life that at times will inconvenience us and at times will even add stress to our own lives for the sake of the nether and for the glory of God. So I want to establish that point up front because I don't want any of us walking out of here and thinking, well, because... I gave something that I didn't need or I shared time that I was wasting anyway, I fulfilled this command because that's not what this command is about. Burden bearing is deeper. It's much deeper than that. In fact, to be a burden bearer is to live out a divine act because the greatest burden bearer in history is, of course, Jesus himself. We find in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, if you want to keep your finger there in Galatians, but in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, we see the picture of how Jesus bared the burden for us. The Bible, speaking of Jesus, says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus is the greatest burden bearer ever. He took the burden of of our sin. He took the burden of your sin. He took the burden of my sin. and, And he allowed those to be placed upon him. And he bears the burden in a whole different way than we do because because he's willing to take all of our struggles, all of our trials upon himself, not just share it with us. And he does this in order, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter there, in order that we might be healed of our wounds, that we might be made whole from our wounds. In other words, he does this so that our lives can be better in some capacity. So in other words, burden bearing means that we live like Jesus. In other words, we do things for others that may make our lives a little more difficult, but improve another's life. To obey this junction is to be God-like, living like God. And by the way, That is part of the deal. We might not have realized that when we signed up for this Christian thing, but that is part of the deal of being in the family of God, which is probably why Martin Luther said to some Christians when they were following in the way of Jesus, he said, Christians must have strong shoulders and mighty bones, sturdy enough for this to carry burdens. Martin Luther probably knew that it meant not just carrying your own burdens, but it meant carrying the burdens of others as well. Now, I want to say another word just here while we're talking about burden bearing, because I'm talking about us carrying one another's burdens. But but something that all of us need to hear and all of us need to understand is that in this world, many of us are hesitant to share our 
burdens with others. And, and in our subculture of Adventism, maybe at times we are even more uh, wanting to put forward the best image that, that we are strong, that we're capable, that we are able to handle things on our own. There, there's something that is uh, an assumption with, which lies behind this command. It is the assumption that we all have burdens and that God does not mean for us to carry them alone. He doesn't want us to be like that WGTS song that says, well, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, but, but I'm not. We're really broken, that's what the song says. We're all broken and we all have brokenness in our lives and we all have burdens in our lives. So we need to bear one another's burdens together and we need to be willing to share our burdens with others. It's a reciprocal thing. I have a burden, I share it with Brody. Brody has a burden. He shares it with me. We see someone else who has a burden and we share it with them or we helped carry their burden and, and they, sh- they help someone else carry a burden. This is how this relationship is supposed to work with Jesus as our example. So we bear one another's burdens. We actually take some of their weight and put it on us. The second phrase in this one sentence command is, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ that is being spoken here? Well, one of the tricks to studying uh, when we study the Bible is to look for immediate context. And if you look at immediate context, you'll, you'll see that, that there's an aspect of, of this is talking about the burdens that are upon people because of sin, because of their choices. Uh, you'll see that this is talking about the burdens that people have within the context of a relationship within a church. That's who Paul was writing to, a church in Galatia. But, but we expand it out a little further. So we start with the immediate context and then we expand it out a little further. And what we will find is, is just before we read this verse in, in uh, Galatians chapter six and verse two, which says, be careful, or which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Just prior to that, Paul actually mentions a specific law in Galatians chapter five and verse 14. So let's look at that. Galatians chapter five, verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled. Remember, our verse says, bear one another's burdens so, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter five, verse 14 says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. And now it tells us what that law is. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The law being spoken of in Galatians chapter six and verse two is talking about those famous words that Jesus spoke in the gospels that we read about in the gospels and now are here quoted in Galatians chapter six and verse two. Love your neighbor as yourself. Burden bearing is based upon love. It's based upon the relationships of love that I have with others. In other words, this text is saying that I have to be in relationship with others in order to to know their burdens, to understand their burdens, so that I might bear their burdens. And this is the relationship of love. When Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this command, he did so writing it in the context of a letter to a church, a church maybe like ours. It was the church in the city of Galatia. And he was telling them, all y'all, all of you in Galatia, in the Galatian Christian church are to carry one another's burdens. He didn't say some of you, this is only a command for some of you, but all of you are to carry one another's burdens. It's not just about an occasional deed. 
It is about proactively doing things that stretch you and help you to relieve others' burdens. And by the way, this is done in the context of love. And in so doing, you also share your burdens with others. You know, there are those people who may say, well, you know, doesn't the Bible tell us that we're to cast our burdens upon Jesus? Aren't we to lay our burdens upon him? And, and we sing that song, cast your burdens on Jesus. Oh, he cares. Does anyone know that song? No one likes to sing in here. Okay. But it's a song we used to sing, cast your burdens on Jesus, for he cares for me. And we would sing that song and, and all these things. But you know what's so funny? We try to be tough, like I said, and we try not to share our burdens with others. Or we say, well, you know, I'm supposed to cast my burdens on Jesus. And that is absolutely true. We do cast our burdens upon Jesus. But, but you know what Jesus modeled for us? That when he needed his burdens carried, he looked to his friends. He looked to others around him. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. The Bible says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus is, is about to, just in a few hours, is going to be on a cross, and, and, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's beginning to get the weight and, and the, the, the pressure of all of our sins placed upon him. And he goes to this garden. He tells some of his disciples to, to sit there and pray. But then he says to a couple of them and talking with him and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be so sorrowful and troubled. In other words, Jesus was filled with this burden in his heart, in his mind, in his soul. And then the Bible says he said to them, hey, it's OK if you fall asleep because I got this. I'm Jesus and I can bear my own burdens. Is that what it says? No. Jesus said, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Please remain here and watch with me. Pray for me. Be here for me. I'm in a moment where this is the biggest burden I've ever felt. I'm Jesus, the Son of God, the divine. I shaped the world in my hands. And you know what I need right now? I need a friend to help me bear my burden. That's... That's our Savior that needed that. Who are we to say, you know what, I, I just give it to Jesus, I got it, I don't need anybody else. No, no. We together bear one another's burdens. Jesus was under a burden and he wanted his friends to help him. So too, Paul, when he was sorrowful and in a bad state, just a book before in 2 Corinthians, we read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. When Paul was in a sorrowful state, he was he was struggling with some things going on in his mission work. He was struggling with the way some of the church in Corinth was feeling about him. And, and he was distressed and disturbed about some things. And the Bible tells us in verse five, for even when we came into Macedonia's, our bodies have no rest, but we are afflicted at every turn, fighting without, fighting without and fear within. He's physically feeling exhausted. He's emotionally feeling exhausted. He feels pressure from outside. He feels turmoil inside. He's under this huge burden. This is the great apostle Paul. And then he says, but God who comforts the downcast. And listen to this. God's gonna lift my burden. How is God gonna lift my burden? God who comforts the downcast, comfort us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort which he was comforted by you. And as he told you 
as, of, as he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced still all the more. Here's Paul saying, I was under this huge burden and the God of all comfort, the God of all strength, the God of all might, he lifted my burden by giving me a friend that helped lift my burdens. And you know what? That friend, he reported to us that his burdens were lifted by all of you. And that's the way the church is supposed to work. I lift some of your burdens. You then lift someone else's burdens. Someone lifts my burdens. I lift someone else's burdens. That's the way the church is supposed to work. Here's Jesus, the king of the universe, under his burden. He needs a friend. Here's Paul, the, the great and the mighty apostle, wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else. God who comforts me, how does he lift my burden? Gives me some friends. God calls us, he commands us even to be burden bearers. It is fulfilling the law. And so now I want to tell you some stories of burden bearers right here within our church family. I want to tell you some stories from folks that, that, that are part of our church family because they physically are here and some of our church family that are connected to us through our virtual world that, that, that became engaged and got connected to others even through this medium of our virtual streaming. A member who lives an hour, over an hour away from us, who is connected through our, our media, uh, the media streaming that we provide. This individual responded to a prayer request that they heard of a lady who needed to go on a trip. This was a lady that lives well, well north of here. And, and, and she heard about a, a member in our church that had a very severe back injury and needed to take a trip, needed to go and do some things. And, and this person that lives over an hour from here said, you know what? She should not go alone. She should not have to make that drive alone. And so she volunteered to drive down, to pick her up, to take her to the location that she needed to go, to, to, to sit in the car while she had to go to these various appointments for her, for her back and to read while, while the lady took care of her business and then to drive her home again and then drive back to her house. She was lifting a burden for this lady. Anton Youssef, who we're having his, Anton Youssef, who we're having his funeral this afternoon, his memorial, he died recently. One of our members has been caring for him for over a year. She lives there close in the neighborhood to him. Doctor's appointments even was his uh, power of attorney at the end of his life. Well, this member that was taking care of him was having some medical issues of their own, medical challenges of their own, was able to do some things for, for Antoine at a, at a certain time. And another member that did not know Antoine but found out about this situation through their relationships that they had said, you know what, I'll, I'll do something. And they began to cook for Antoine. And Antoine, was, Antoine is, was raised in Egypt and born and raised in Egypt. And so, so she said, I'm gonna learn how to make Egyptian dishes for him. And she began to make Egyptian dishes and she would take her elderly aunt with her and the two of them would sit there and, and talk to him and pray with him while he would eat and enjoy these meals. And, and they, they, they walked with him through, through several of his procedures and treatments. And before Antoine died, he, he testified of, of how... This was the only peace he was having in his life was these people that were coming around him and helping to bear his burdens. A group of three individuals from our church recently set up an entire apartment for an Afghan refugee family 
that just moved to the United States. An individual in our church was very sick with COVID and another member learned of this and, and they, they bought a bunch of healthy foods and healthy drinks and, and they got some things off of Amazon that they thought would, would, would help them and they took all those things and they, they drove over to this person's house and delivered them to this individual who was there by themselves dealing with COVID. Another group of people also hearing about some of the Afghan families that, that were moving to the area and recognizing that these people were going to be spending their very first Christmas in the United States, said, we want to do something for these people. And so for this Afghan family, they, they went to TJ Maxx and they brought them brand new sheets for their beds, things that maybe we take for granted. And, and they went to Macy's and they bought them all brand new cookware and they delivered it to this family so that they could have some blessing. Some of their burden lifted their first Christmas in the United States. A couple in our church family and their children got sick with COVID at the same time. And they were all isolated and they were all in bed by themselves and isolated. And, and so members of our church took turns cooking and delivering food for them. They brought them their medicines and they brought them their groceries and, and they even cleaned their house until these people were ready to be back on their own two feet again. Burden bearers. Someone recently going through a divorce shared with us the, the embarrassment, the shame, feeling emotionally destroyed, physically drained that all of this does when you're going through a divorce, feeling financially like there was, there was no hope. And they found a group of people in this church and they have this weekly oasis and they said that their burden was lifted most significantly by the support of others who were willing to listen and to pray for them and that they never felt judged as they went through this, this emotional crisis. There was a group of members who were moving to another state and they, they wanted to give their furniture to, to a family that was in, in need, which is a burden-bearing, lifting thing in themselves, but but they didn't know how to get that furniture to them. And so they put the word out and, and a group of persons from this church gave up their Sunday to their entire Sunday to help those people move their furniture to these other people that were in need. They lifted the burden of this family that was moving and they also helped assist in lifting the burden of these others. A young parent here in our church shared with us that they were struggling to find balance and joy. They were feeling overwhelmed with work and motherhood and how were they going to be able to do this? And they connected with a group of people that, that, that they realized valued her and her kids. And she reports that she has been learning how to cultivate joy and peace despite her external circumstances. And she says this has strengthened her physically, emotionally, and most of all, spiritually. Her burdens lifted through these friendships. A group of persons in our church recently learned of one of another member's extended family who was wheelchair bound and thus they could not take care of their yard and they could not take care of their, some of the things in, in, in their, at their home that they needed to be taken care of. And, this, and a, they got their friends together. They got a group of their friends together and they went over and they painted this person's shed and they, they weeded all their yard and made their yard look nice so this person that was wheelchair bound could look out and say, you know what? I have a nice place. Those people are burden bearers. 
giving of their time and their energy and their strength. Another group found out about a young mom that didn't have any supplies for her new baby. And so they went and they stepped in and they provided all the supplies she needs from here and going forward. Some wonderful ladies regularly quilt quilts every single Tuesday. And recently they shared with me some pictures of, of them being thanked from, from ladies with tears in their eyes, ladies who are living in secret at a battered women's shelter because their lives have been ravaged by this. But, but here these people gave them this gift and it, and it just showed them love that they have not been experiencing. There were burden bearers in our church that physically surrounded a member of our church's house who was dying, joined hands and prayed for this home and this lady. And not just once, but for hour after hour after hour, one Sabbath, people showed up, joined hands and circled this home in prayer. Those are burden bearers. Those are people who are lifting burdens. I could go on. I could continue. To be a burden bearer is a great ministry. It is a ministry that we are commanded to do by God Almighty. And folk, I think that is something that we should all be doing. Now, something I want you to understand is that I believe the best way to make this a reality is only as much as we are within, connected within groups with each other. Every single story I just shared with you, every single one, every single story I just shared with you is the byproduct of either one of our connect groups, our prayer groups, or our Sabbath school classes doing ministry for others. Every single one is the result of groups of people in this church saying, I have a burden or someone has a burden and people saying, let's help lift this burden. Which is why I believe that every one of us needs to be in a healthy Sabbath school class or in a connect group or one of our prayer groups in some fashion so that we will lift one another's burdens. You've heard me make this appeal many times to connect in these groups, to connect in a Sabbath school. I know you've heard me say it and, and, and I've had people come up to me after some of the Sabbaths and, and, and recently I had someone, a couple people talk to me about, well, pastor, when, when I see a class or when I see a group that has the right topic, then I will join. And you know what? I heard a couple of you chuckle at that, but, but when they said it, I nodded because I understood because I think that's the way I think. Maybe that's the way we're conditioned to think as Adventists. Like, okay, these groups are just for gaining knowledge. But, but, but I began to pray about it. I began to pray about this that I was hearing. Lord, I was, I was praying to God this. I was saying, God, bring us people that will do the right topics and, and teach the right lessons so that, so that more people will join in this. And this is what I was praying about. And you know what God said back to me? No one should join a class simply or a group simply because of the topic. You know why? You know why? Because the moment we do that, then the only reason we're in that class is for the topic. And once the topic's done, then I move on. The reason to be connected is because the Bible commands us to be in relationship with one another. Topics are important. Don't get me wrong. And, 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 and go ahead and choose the one that fits best. But, but don't wait 
for that. If we join a group when the topic is right, we'll quit the group when we don't like the topic anymore. And then we miss the whole point of groups in general. We've even missed the whole point of the Sabbath schools in general, which is to build relationships to care for one another. When I first started talking about groups over a year and a half, two years ago now, I read you a portion of a statement by Ellen White that, that many folk have said this is uh, a testimony of, of her belief in the power and the need of small groups. It, she said this, the formation of small companies, small groups, connect groups, as we call them here, as a basis of Christian effort has been presented me, to me by one who cannot err. But let me continue on in this quote. If there is a large number in the church, let the members be formed in the small companies to work not only for the church members, but for unbelievers. So a larger church like ourselves, we have many here and we have many online that are watching and that are home, but we have a large church and we're to be formed into smaller gatherings to, to, to care for one another and to care for those outside. If in one place there are only two or three members, so maybe someone right now is watching and they're in a very small church. Oh, I don't got to worry about this. I'm in a small church. No, if there's in a place where there's only a few members, she said, then let them form themselves into a band of workers. Let them keep their bond of union unbroken, pressing together in love and unity, encouraging one another, get, gaining courage and strength from the assistance of others. D do you know what I don't hear in that quote? Not one word about what is the topic. But what I do hear is get together to encourage, to support, to unify, to strengthen one another. The bond of unity. So I want to encourage you, please don't leave here today if you're not in a group without stopping by the table at the foyer. Or take some time to look through the various Sabbath schools that we had, that we have in our church and connect with one of those. And I would say to those of you that already are in groups or already are in a Sabbath school, th then go to your group in your Sabbath school. And if, and if you're not doing some of those burden bearing things with one another, talk amongst each other and say, what can we do for one another and for others to help bear the burdens in this church family and beyond. Carrying one another's burdens, bearing one another's burdens, lifting burdens off of another's shoulders is a command from God to us. It is an imperative. It is to be done in and through the loving relationships that are built within the context of the church. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have we? Will we? We must obey God in this. Lord Jesus, I pray that we will follow your example. First, the example foremost of you bearing the burden of all our sin on the cross. And we thank you for that so much. But we also pray that you'll help us to follow your example and that you, who are divine and powerful and almighty in every way, when you were under a burden, you look to your friends for God to minister through them to you to help lift the weight. Lord, in the Bible, we see time and time again 
that this message is not just to be about knowledge, but it's to be about relationships. So Lord, while we're ever looking up and while we're ever watching for the signs of your coming, may we never miss to see those around us that are in need. May we never hesitate to share our own need and may we collectively as a family unite in smaller communities to lift one another's burdens. I pray all this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.